Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we are diving into another cozy mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, In this case, it is the Louise Penny Chief Inspector... Gamash. Yes, we're very, we have a hard time pronouncing I the know. name. I, every, every time we say his name or any of the French words in the novel, it's written by um, a French-Canadian mm-hmm. from Quebec. And so that culture is definitely there. But every time we say any word from the novel, be it a name or a place, Jillian and I look at each other. <laughs> and laugh. It sounds <laughs> for silly. Help. Yeah. Um, I studied Spanish, so I don't really... I studied French. I have no excuse. you have no excuse. But I I guess I was telling Matt earlier how I was was listening to part of the book on audio. Mm -hmm. And so the person who was reading the book had a lot of passion. So they really leaned into it. Yeah, like I was saying. A croissant. (laughs) No, yeah, basically they said... Would you like a croissant? (laughs) Whatever his name was. So So it was quite the scene. And (laughs) so this is a really popular series. Mm -hmm. When I tried to check out the book from the library in order to read it... First of all, I went in person. No copies available. Then I went to the digital resources. You can just check out the ebook. Sure, that'd be great. Except the wait list is 46 people deep. Yep. It's insane. Yes, I had the same experience. So I um, downloaded it online. Hillary Clinton mentions Louise Penny in this series in her book, What Happened. The reason I even know about Louise Penny is because uh, my mom knows I I read cozy mysteries and and she watches uh, CBS Sunday Morning oh. and they had a segment on her and she sent it to me and I was like that's sweet oh I should check this person out she's a huge cozy mystery writer and that's what we're doing today we're going to discuss um, the Chief Inspector Gamash series <laughs> and um, but before we get to that we're going to start with what's making us feel cozy this week. Our topic today for what's making us feel cozy is tea. Yeah. It's an it's about time. Yeah, I think so. That's kind of an essential cozy. Uh, right. It's kind of bizarre that we were like 15 episodes deep. I know. And we still haven't discussed tea. I was just sipping on my black coffee this whole time, which is not very cozy. <laughs> Apparently it's the I, hallmark of um, psychopaths. Did you? What is? Black co- drinking black coffee. Okay. So, well, don't <laughs> be a psychopath and drink some tea. I, no, I'm, al- I'm also, I also mainly drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but was so delighted to receive in the in the mail some tea yeah. from a company called Plum Deluxe. They reached out to us. We and was like, thrilled. "Do you want to try our tea?" And I was like, "Yes, I want to try some tea." And on that note, feel free to send us anything, oh, please, please, uh, especially I, if we can. Yeah, promotion. Yeah, it's always great to highlight things that are cozy, so mm-hmm. that our listeners can be connected to cozy things. Right? Yeah. That's what we're here for. And we give an honest review. Like yeah, we, we, we re- yeah we try everything out. We have a lot of integrity. Mm-hmm. So yep, you can trust us. So I've been I have been drinking. They came to my apartment, and so I've been drinking them <laughs> even before. We, like I, I brewed some today yeah, for Jillian, I'm sipping it now, and um, we'll get some slurps on Mike. Yeah, they were kind enough to send us three different types. So there's a self care blend, so cozy, That's which what I'm drinking, drinking. Yeah, and there's a reading nook blend, which is perfect for the cozy mystery reader. They want mm-hmm. some tea while they read. And I'm currently also trying a tea called Brunch in Paris, which all this French stuff, so appropriate, right? Yeah. It should be, it should be Brunch in Montreal. But like, mm-hmm. it's, it's close so enough. My tea, like, so the Brunch in Paris and Reading Nook tea, they're both caffeinated. And the one thing that re- I really love about the teas I've been sampling from Pump Deluxe is that like, they're really, they give you a good buzz. Yeah. And I really 
I think a lot of the reason I stay away from tea is often because it just doesn't give you the kick. You I need. agreed. Like I need to get hepped up. But I'm. I, these are really well caffeinated teas. Like I'm. I have a mm-hmm. nice buzz going. I had a nice buzz going the other night when I was. I've been drinking them while I watch The Crown because I watch The Crown and That's I get a perfect. craving for tea, and yeah. so Thing it helps me stay with. awake at night because mm-hmm. I fall asleep like, like nine o'clock if I don't have something caffeinated. Same here. And so that's been my companion while watching The Crown. The brunch and tea is like an orange and chocolate flavor. It's really, the aroma is amazing. Um, how is the, the self-care blend? Really smooth. Right before we started recording, I told Matt that the tea has a very um, nice and smooth finish. Um, it's just, it's just delightful. Cause I got a tea kit uh, for Christmas and this is per- perfect then. Yeah. I, cause I like this better than the tea kit I got for Christmas just because it's just smoother and, um, just has a more pleasing taste. Some teas are a little bit too harsh or mm-hmm. they're too weak and there's nothing that I hate more than a weak tea. Jillian likes it strong. I do. I, I need, I need that. Like we're talking about, we're usually are coffee drinkers. Mm-hmm. So we need to get that. That buzz. Right, exactly. <laughs> so this does the job. And that's not caffeinated, the, the self-care. No, but I could definitely... See, like, I wish I had this when I was sick this past week. That would have been it's ideal. It's herbal remedy. There you go. Exactly. So thank you to Plum Tea. Yes, absolutely. They're based in Portland, one of our cozy locations. Yeah. Yeah, and thank you to the listener who, like, let them know about us. Uh-huh. Yeah, so... so they, you, you hooked us up. Thank you. Yeah, and is there a is it an Instagram that they can... Yeah, so okay. you can follow them on Plum Deluxe. Plum Deluxe on Instagram. Yeah. And they have a tea club. Oh, you can, nice. you can subscribe to. It's a, a monthly. And I also want to shout out the Reading Nook blend genuinely because it was really good. Mm-hmm. It's like a rose, lavender, chamomile. Ooh, the blend. rose. I like rose. And what I really liked about it, it's caffeinated, so mm-hmm. it got me going. Also, there's like this like chocolatey aroma to it. So every time I like went in for a sip, I got I like I like a, like a chocolatey tea and they do that very well yeah and their instagram feed's really beautiful so check them out highly recommend and we should do we should do this regularly we we need to start reviewing teas and coffees i think so too just because it's such a big part of our cozy life and yeah we're always drinking something when we're recording we're totally missing the whole like warm beverage part of being cozy i think it's part of being in la you just I don't think many people are ripping up teas in LA. That's no, like we don't detox have... Detox tea. Yeah. And, yeah, and if they are, it's always yeah. like that. Yeah, Tummy so. teas. Yeah, awesome. So so thank you all. Thank you to our listener. Yes, thank, thank you to you. Plum Deluxe. Really appreciate it. Which then brings us to our second segment, which is Cozy Locations. My Cozy Location this week is also from my journey home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And so I have two main like places I go for the holidays. I go to Chicagoland mm-hmm. where my family is. And then I go to St. Louis where my boyfriend's family is located. And every time we go to St. Louis, we go to an Italian restaurant called Canetto's, which is in this Italian district called The Hill in St. Mm-hmm. Louis. And there are a lot of great restaurant options there and we need to explore it more. But our tradition is when we visit his parents, they take us out to eat at Canetto's and it's just like what's it's an Italian restaurant great pasta an amazing house salad um very cheap glasses of wine which is a, a must nice. for me yeah which you'll need because the wait is really long like you you it's, might it's, so it's a hot spot it's a hot spot we waited for like 30 minutes for our table mm. 
and we thought we were like beating the crowd because we got there really early at like five mm-hmm. thirty, and it was yeah, not early that's, enough. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's a, it's a hot spot, and deservedly so. It's really delicious, um, very hearty. But and they give you a lot of pasta. Mm-hmm. I've never finished my plate there, and if anyone knows me, I can finish a plate. Yeah. Like I will clean my plate typically. I don't like you know restaurants that skip out skimp out on the portions. Also, when it's pasta, like let's be real, pasta is not an expensive item. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a an Italian restaurant and you're making pasta, like sure the ingredients and the sauce may be pricey. But those pasta noodles are not. Y'all boil them together. You make a big old batch. You're done. Like, now you have a ton of pasta. Yeah, I don't like getting ravioli because it feels like there's not enough. Yeah. So No, same. I, and I, I don't get ravioli there. I'm sure, although St. Louis is famous for their toasted ravioli. What's which you that? Get, you can get, like, an appetizer. It's, Toast- it's, it's toasted ravioli. It's, like, I believe it's it crunchy? is... Um, I think it's a little crispy. You put me on the spot again because I haven't oh, really had it in a while. <laughs> well... Um, but... The, <laughs> but yeah, that's a St. Louis staple. It's very delicious. Well, next time I'm in, t- um, in town, if I ever am in town, I'll check it out. Canetto's. Right. Canetto's. Yeah. So that, that's my cozy location. It's just like a... That's a very what's, nice what's location. What's cozier than, than decadent, creamy Italian food? Also, I just like going to Italian restaurants or I guess any, you know, mean nicer restaurant during the holidays. It's always really festive inside and there's just a air of celebration and oh just co- coziness ordering a nice hot dish of pasta and getting a nice glass of wine and carbs are very comforting yeah we went to an italian restaurant in new york as well we always do that right before um christmas usually on the 23rd 22nd in the city and it's always nice to just go in and be indulgent yeah i mean i'm already gaining i really tried not to gain weight this winter while i was home hey. failed Again, I've given into. I it. was good for a week, and then once once the actual holidays kicked in, it all fell apart. And then it's like you just get the ball rolling, and you have a couple of bad days of Christmas Eve, Christmas, and you're like, let's just finish the job and go be a total. Yeah, pick. I, I yeah, I went was so freeze high on the hog. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally the hog. But moving on. Um, <laughs> What's, what, what's your cozy location this week? It's actually a restaurant as well. Okay. So my mom and sisters and I always go into the city. Cause we're on Long, we live on Long Island. Go into the city for the Christmas show. I mentioned it before. This year we didn't see the Radio City Christmas oh, show. Oh, did you, did you make it? Did you find, did you find some bootleg no, tickets? No, and I think it was for the best because my sisters were working and I was working intermittently throughout the day. So I think it's just we got into the hotel and met up with my mom's friends for drinks and dinner. We went to an Italian restaurant, but that's not the cozy part that I was going to talk about. But it's just a little precursor to set the scene. So it was raining um, the day we went in. It was so cold. And the night after the Italian restaurant, we're like, we went um, to Grand Central to shop at their Christmas market because it was near our, ho- our hotel. And we're looking for a place to eat. And we're like, trudging down the streets of new york which is miserable when it's raining and it's so packed because of the holidays people are so rude during the holiday season in that area people in new york are rude i've never heard that <laughs> here's my hot hot take <laughs> um and so when my sisters were fighting as we're just trudging through the rain and we came across this um irish pub called muldoons oh, okay and it, all i can think about is that um, Muldoon is the name of the um, hunter in Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. The one that, that shows them the velociraptors. 
Well, I don't know if that was inspired. I'm sure not. But. <laughs> I, I don't know what Muldoon's... It made a, they had a lot of uh, famous Irish authors on the wall, so okay. maybe that's related somehow. I don't know. But it just reminded me that I actually really love pubs, especially mm-hmm. since it was so cold and rainy and dark outside. Going into a nice pub, uh, especially a little Irish pub with cozy food, mashed potatoes. Yeah, some, some dark beers. Exactly. It was just... It hit the spot, you know, the oak booths and um, just a cozy atmosphere. And it reinvigorated my love for pubs in general, especially when you you go to London or anywhere in that type of area. Going into a nice pub, especially on a rainy afternoon, is just nice. A dark beer, get, give me some mashed potatoes. I'm sold. Exactly what <laughs> I needed. So I don't know if Muldoon's how good it is. Maybe it just was good to me because I was desperately in need of it at the time. No, I, it's a very cozy place. That's, yeah. I agree. I think Irish pubs in general are, are like, you always get very hearty food. And yeah, you're well taken care of. Mm-hmm. They also, there's like a predictability there. Yes. Which I think is essential. Yeah, no, no surprises there. <laughs> we don't like to be surprised unless it's with stuff that you send us to consume yeah. on a podcast. And then please surprise us. All right, so that brings us to our main event, and I've been—I'm really excited to talk about this book because a lot to say. It's so popular, it's so hyped, and we both have a a lot of thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. Just to set the stage, if you're not familiar with Louise Penny's books, um, I wasn't until I read this one. She is a Canadian author. I believe she's Quebecois. Mm-hmm. If that's a, that's the 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 feminine. I don't know. Quebecois? But we'll I don't say, know. we'll go with it. But anyway, so <laughs> let's just go with it. Any, anything French, <laughs> we're just going to roll through it. I'm so sorry if you are a francophone or if you... A francophone. francophone. <laughs> I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. That was sweet. But anyway, so she's based in Canada. And currently she's written 13 books in the, the Chief Inspector Gamache series. <laughs> Wild. And this Still Life was published in 2006, I think 2005 in um, Canada, a little earlier. And she got, I think, noticed because she had submitted the manuscript to, to Still Life, the first book, to the debut dagger um, competition in the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that she got second place out of 800 mm, wow. um, applicants. And that, I think that got the ball rolling. This book won multiple awards past that point. And one thing I have to praise about Louise Penny is that she puts a pronunciation guide on her website. That's and very that helpful. Jillian and I listened to. It's still not going to help, I don't think, but it was a good thought. Mm-hmm. It's comforting to hear her voice. She has a really cute Canadian accent. So the book that we read, Still Life, is, is that first novel in the series. And her cozy series takes place in a town called Three Pines. Which I like. I like that name. It, yeah, it's a great name. I guess it's, it, the book tells you that when the American Revolution was happening, the symbol for if you were a loyalist to the, um, the British, you'd pl- they would, they'd plant three pines in a cluster, and that would let you know that you're in a place that's uh, safe and sympathetic to the crown. Oh, interesting. And so when people were fleeing north to resettle, that was like a sign of like, this is this is where like English loyalists from the colonies settled, mm-hmm. and so that's where that three pines comes from. I guess it's like an idyllic rural 
community. Um, and the residents, in, in this book, one of the most loved residents, Jane Neal, is found murdered by an, like a, an arrow. Mm-hmm. And but they don't know that immediately. Oops, right? I spoiled it. Oh. No. Well, they, they know pretty early. Okay. It's not a spoiler, right? Yeah. She's the retired school teacher in Three Pines. The chief inspector is dispatched to Three Pines. He doesn't know about this place until he goes. Mm-hmm. It's the first time he's visiting. And you meet the residents of Three Pines. There's Clara, who is an artist, mm-hmm. and she kind of helps run this like um, art vernissage. Uh, it's the opening night of yeah. an art show. I guess that's the best way to describe um, yeah, whatever. it. Whatever. In, in art, not competition, an art. I thought it was an art competition. Is it an art competition? Well, called a fair. It was not, that, that was it's her, like an art fair. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so she runs that. She, her husband, Peter, mm-hmm. um, is also an artist in town. And um, there's a crusty old poet named Ruth Zardo. So there's like a whole cast of characters. There's a gay couple. Lots of Olivier characters. and Gabri. And there's... Uh, an African-American woman who runs a bookstore named Myrna. Um, Oh yeah. Like there's that niece um, of the deceased. And yeah. So Gamash goes to three pines, finds that it's wonderful, Mm -hmm. sets up shop in the gay couples bistro. And most of the like police meetings happen in the back room of this restaurant. Yeah. That was maybe the coziest setting (laughs) I thought of the whole book. And, um, you get some, some snippets of like the outdoors, like the snow, it's in the winter. Um, and all that kind of stuff. It's a hunting community. Uh, and yeah, so they're on their way to try to figure out who killed Jane Neal. Yeah. And really it's Gamash who's trying to uncover it and also Clara, who is Jane Neal's best friend. So yeah. they're kind of working together. Um, so, oh, and, and, and just to finish setting up the stage, uh, there's a new assistant who's uh, been put on the case named um, Agent Nickel. And she's being trained by Gamash mm-hmm. um, sort of unsuccessfully. So I'll start with what I liked and then, and then sure. let's, start, let's start with what we like. Yeah. So one thing I liked about this book, I really liked the character of Ruth Zardo, that mm-hmm. grumpy poet. I've seen a lot of curmudgeons in my time reading cozies. So <laughs> the character is stock, but I think the clever twist on her character is that not only is she mean and stubborn, but she's a poet. And I actually thought some of the strongest writing in the entire book were her poems. Yeah. And I really hope I'm not going to discover that, like, she's a real poet and that's why. But I, I want to give Louise Penny credit because, like, some of those poems are really good. I love the moth poem. Yeah. Um, that was really beautiful. And, and then she's a huge, awful person. She's so mean to her friends. Um, so that kind of dichotomy of this beautiful poet who's also just a terrible person to be around, that character was... I think one of the more complex characters, even though she first appears to be a stock character. Yeah, I think that's what happens sometimes in writing. You invest so much in one character that everyone else isn't as well drawn. Yeah. Which I think wasn't the case for this, but we won't talk too much about that. We'll go into what we like first. Yes, we'll, we'll get to that. Jillian, what's, what's something that you liked? Um, I just liked the, the setting. I, I think I say that often when we talk about cozy mysteries, but I think for me, it was just it was just so different than other cozy mystery books that we've read. Um, well, I guess there was that one book that was in a completely unique uh, place that we recently read. Do you remember? It wasn't like, it wasn't a new England town. It was somewhere. Number one ladies detective agency. The one that exactly. Sat. So this was kind of like a similar thing. I know 
Montreal isn't that because it's supposed to take place in Montreal, right? Well, near, I think, yeah. in, in Quebec. Yeah, yeah, in that in that area. Um, so I think for me that was a little bit a different with, with all the French speckles of French. Mm-hmm. It I always imagined it as a little French village. Yes, and I think I think that's more or less what it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, it was. Yes, and so that was going to a different location. Even though I love the New England town setting. I thought there was moments where it was really nicely described, as you said, mm-hmm. you know, the setting of the snow and then also how it opens in the woods. That was, yeah. that was, that was new too. I feel like the, the, the clearest image I had of the town were, were the woods, yeah. really, because you spend a lot of time out in the woods. Exactly. I think that was what really, for me, kept me, I would say intrigued, but had that element of cozy because I didn't find necessarily the writing very cozy. Per se. Yes, we'll get to that too. Yes, that's I, right. I, I want to start with the, the praise. Yes, the um, praise. But I, I agree with you. And also agree with setting being like a major awesome thing about it. I mean. Oh, also. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, one more thing. I Also, the fact that it had gay characters. Okay, you're stealing all of my <laughs> okay, things so, that I liked. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I completely agree it with you. It was just so yeah. different. No, I totally. Yeah. So. What Julian said. So the setting in general, I have no, nothing much to add to, to that except yeah. to say that I agree. But with the characters, absolutely. Mm. You have an African-American woman. You have two a, a gay couple that features prominently. You have a lot of different age range yeah. things going on. And, and also a diversity of occupation. And I thought like one of the stronger things about this cozy was the representation of different types of people in the novel. I think a lot of cozies get stuck in a certain type of person. Yeah. And this felt like a very inclusive town. And I felt like, honestly, as a gay person reading, you know, seeing myself represented in the book, it made me feel like, oh, Louise Penny is like paying attention to gay characters. Exactly. And from the get-go, from her very first novel, I have to give her credit for that because this was still back in 2006. I mean, I know that's only 11 years ago, but... A lot's changed since then. Yeah, it was definitely ha- has a lot of unique qualities mm-hmm. that I think makes it stand out from other cozies. So I, I really like that she makes the effort to include a lot of different types of people into her book. And um, on the other hand, with that, so I guess let's like kind of transition into some of the some things we didn't like so much about the book. Um, those gay characters are very flatly drawn. Mm-hmm. So I was like excited to see them, and I liked that they were included. But what they primarily do is sing It's Raining Men, or they make a lot of innuendo-laden jokes. One of them is very emotional. And the other one I didn't get a good read on, because the one character is, like, really emotional, and that's, like, his... With the one of the gay couple, and I forget which one is which. Uh, but aside from that characteristic, I didn't know what the other one's characteristic really was. I mean, they were again; they just were not drawn in a way that I could fully understand them as people. Mm-hmm. Um, really, they felt like placeholders. I think they're just a means to an end. They're just a vehicle for plot. They're a vehicle for for plot, and I think they're a vehicle for creating a more alive place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wish they had just had been a little less stereotypical and. Um, it's by no, no, by no means, it's not homophobic. It's something crazy yeah. like that. It's, it's fine, but it's just a little bit like, okay, enough dick jokes. I, for example, here's one there. Um, one of the characters says to the gay, one of the gay couple guys, well, you can kiss your tip goodbye. And he replies, 
if I could kiss my tip, I wouldn't need oh Olivier. Oh my god! And that's like one of one of that. many <laughs> jokes. Funny line. I forgot about. Louise yeah. Penny has a lot of zingers, but they don't feel like they feel out of place. Yeah, and it feels like every time that these gay characters entered the scene, the the kind of sassy tone that they got written with, it's like she fell into that voice. Um, but I wish she had gone past that voice a little bit. She kind of stayed there when I feel like, sure, have them. I know a lot of gay people who would say that kind of thing. I'm, that Those are real people. Yeah. But let's move past it a little bit more. And I maybe th- she does in the rest of the series. I think in 2006, that time period, wasn't that when Will and Grace was on? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that vibe. Those stereo, I think that's the height of stereotypical gay characters. Yeah. So. She was uh, on trend. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess she was. Um, going back to the setting too, in terms of, I, I liked the setting in general. I think it's like an ideally mm-hmm. cozy setting, but I just never had a good sense of geography mm-hmm. and I just wish I, I needed a map of the town because I was never quite sure. I wanted more detail. Like, like she would like mention, like it was an old, like Quebec style cottage and it's like, give me more details than that. Cause I'm not from there. I don't want to do a Google image search right now. Can you just describe the building to me? Yeah, I think that's where she lacks compared to other cozies we've read. Like for example, um, the number one ladies Mm -hmm. detective agency. Yeah. Um, that was very specific in describing, uh, South Africa. And it, it spent, that book spent a lot of time detailing setting and place. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, same thing, it was cozy, but there was just a whole fog of, vagueness to the a entire... fog of vagueness th- th- throughout the entire novel throughout the entire book yeah i felt like Joel and i were talking about this briefly earlier today and i think we both felt like we were confused often and at first we'd blame ourselves like are we not reading this correctly there's a there's a certain way that certain passages in in this novel feel like they were written in a foreign language and then translated and it's like, is is there a key verb missing? Mm-hmm. Is there a sentence? Is there like, was a noun mistranslated somewhere that I'm missing some key information? But after reading the entire book, it was like, no, I think it was vague. And I think that vagueness was meant to create mystery. Yeah. But instead, it really just frustrated me. And it all jumped around in time. We were talking about that too, which mm-hmm. added another layer of confusion. Because one second Jane's dead, and then she's alive again, and I was I was confused when it was jumping around right in in time, and that sort of lost me. And I don't know because I half I half I read half I did audio. Um, I don't maybe that added a layer to it, but even hearing it audibly, like I don't know if you did that as well. No, I just read it. So. If even hearing it being read to you still was c- confusing, I have to rewind. Yeah, I think there are a couple issues that I identified that that stuck out to me. One was that and that that contributed to the vagueness. One is that there's dialogue that's not attributed to a character, mm-hmm. which usually I think any kind of close reader can figure out who's talking by doing every other line. But there would be certain instances where she'd skip a character, and then the response wouldn't have been that the next person speaking that would make sense for that character to say. And then you have to figure out, oh, they spoke twice on two lines of dialogue below each other. Mm-hmm. And like little things like that, that kind of confused me just on like a, as a reader, like I'm not used to that kind of like presentation of dialogue or like lack of, you know, a few he saids would, would 
help here a little bit. I read, because I was reading up, I always read up on the book and author before we discuss, and I read that Gamash is, I got Gamash. I think you're saying it right. Gamash was, so he is a detective that is your stereotypical, observes, and is, doesn't rush to judgment, is kind of not, not always very present, just more like floating along and listening and taking things in Mm -hmm. so he's not like your typical meddler right Right. so i think that might contribute to the tone he's just kind of observing the people that he's investigating as opposed to playing me an active role in the investigation which would be fine for me yeah but i just like got confused as to who was speaking in the first place. And yeah. So if, if I'm just observing the characters, that's fine. If that's, if that's the type of character that the detective is, but I also, as a reader, I need to know mm-hmm. who's talking. And then from that point too, there's can, like, she'll, she's very into revealing. She, there's an omniscient third person narration happening. And so you're inside of multiple characters' heads at any given moment. And all of a sudden, you're in Clara's head and what, she, what she's thinking and feeling. And then all of a sudden, you're in Gamasha's head and what he's thinking or feeling. And that, will, that perspective will switch with no warning mm-hmm. um, or paragraph, like, break. Well, it was a paragraph, mm-hmm. like, yes, but, like, no, like, page, page break or anything that would help you kind of, sh- oh, I'm in this person's head. Or, I agree. And I, I think, like... It just like from the way that the setting is described to the way that the characters' perspectives are laid out, I just needed more of a framework of support of like clarity. This is what's happening, and I think that to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a specific example of another instance of of, of vague writing for me that was difficult, which was there's a an agent that works with Gamash. Her name is Lacoste, mm-hmm. and she searches a teenager's room and finds an item. We're not told what the item is. The teenager looks panicked, right? Ten pages later, we don't know what that is. We see the same agent. She's, like, finishing up at the headquarters in town that they made, like, their little, they're at the bistro or whatever. And she leaves, and that teenager confronts her about what she took from the room and, like, tries to grab her bag, but she gets away from him. We still don't know what this is. Yeah. We get to the end of the novel, and Gamash is, quote, examining the item. And this is what I'm talking about. I'm like, I reread these passages multiple times, at least four to five times. And I'm like, am I an idiot? Am I missing a key sentence here? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I skipping a sentence? What is it? Yeah. And we figure out like the significance of whatever item it was and what, what that meant. But we never know. I don't think we ever find out what it specifically was. Um, well, you said it was a I think it's gimmick. A, I think, I, well, yeah. And, and, and I think what I think its purpose was, was to create mystery like... Was there a murder clue mm-hmm. that the, the agent found? And like, oh, you know, what should we know? And it ends up, that particular thing doesn't end up being significant to the murder. I feel like at that point, that's not great mystery writing. If you withhold any amount of key information, you've created a mystery. But that's, mm-hmm. there needs, there's a difference between mystery and confusion. Yeah, that's a very good point and distinction to me. And I should, I should be wondering, oh, what is that? Like, not I, or what is the significance of that clue mm-hmm. and who is responsible and where does it fit into the investigation? That's a mystery. I know what it is, but I'm wondering what does it mean? And confusion takes you out of the narrative. And, and confusion is what is it? Because yeah. she just doesn't say what it is, and it's like at that point, well, if you're not going to tell me what it is, and I can't play along, 
I'm just frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there's, this is not a novel you can play along with because information, information is always intentionally withheld by mystery writers. Like that's their, their key strategy for stringing the mystery along. But when the characters are in a setting and they're picking items up, I don't like it when the, when we're like, and we're not going to tell you what that agent picked (laughs) up ever. Like what? No, like at least tell me the next chapter what it was. If you're going to do a cliffhanger at the end of the chapter, but like, I don't understand that felt like phony mystery to me. And I was very disappointed with that thread in particular. And I think there was a couple more instances of that sort of overtly vague writing that I was um, kind of, I don't know, that I thought was a little amateurish to me. And cozy mysteries move quickly. You Mm -hmm. can't just um, withhold information for that long too. I could see, you know, for maybe a uh, chapter, not chat. Well, I don't have a chapter, but a few paragraphs here and there. But you can't hold it from the reader for that long. Mm-hmm. I think cozy mystery readers, um, or at least the way they're written. I don't have much experience with it because I've only really read what we've read on this podcast. But it's it's fast paced for the most part. Events unfold quickly. Yeah, and, and I'm fine like with it being a different pace, like a languidly mm-hmm. paced. If the writing is gripping enough, like, I don't care if it takes a while to get to the mystery. Mm -hmm. In fact, I often like cozy mysteries that sort of ignore the mystery for Mm -hmm. a while just to... Focus on the cozy. Yeah, focus on the cozy elements of the town or the person's life. What frustrated me about this book is it just felt like... For me with this book, it was a roller coaster ride of, like, I wasn't sure how I felt about it initially. I felt... Like the writing style alternated between being poetically beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I think Louise Penning is a talented writer. Mm-hmm. I think her prose, when it's good, is very good. I think the Rosardo poems that she wrote for the character are great. Um, and I think some of the descriptions she provides are excellent. Not, not descriptions so much as like the, the thoughts the characters have are, are, are um, kind of beautiful in their sentiment. But ultimately... On the flip side, there's like a lack of clarity in the writing that just frustrated me. Yeah, because there were some sentences that that struck me. Struck me like when um, Peter, they're going in Peter's head and describing his love for Clara. Or mm-hmm. There's there's really some moments of writing that stood out to me where I took a moment and I paused and I said, "Oh, that's a really beautiful line." What have you? But I spent 95% of the rest of the book trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Right. Or even like in small character moments, like I remember Peter being mad at Clara because she did this thing and he wasn't told about it. It's like, why are you... That seems like a really weird thing to be mad about. Mm-hmm. And some of the characters just didn't... They would react in ways that didn't feel supported by the writing. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are you mad? That doesn't seem like a big deal. Like, if it's a big deal, help me understand why it's a big deal to the character. Yeah, and I guess it's important to maybe consider that, like you said, this is her, the first book in the series. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure she's improved on it since then, and I, I would love to read another book of hers. Yeah, I would like to know, listeners, if you are a reader of Louise Penny, and I'm sure there are many of you because she's an incredibly popular author, what book should we read that... Because I... I I'm going to hazard a guess and say that most people did not start with still life, Mm -hmm. that people went back to read still life after being introduced to the novel through one of the more recent books or the series rather. So I'm very curious, like what, what's a better book to start at that gives us a better idea of like what the series really is versus this kind of prequel. Cause I wonder if it reads like 
I remember when I was in high school, I was all about um, the Hannibal Lecter books, like Red Dragon, Hannibal, Silence of the Lambs. And Silence of the Lambs was good. Hannibal was crazy. But I feel like Red Dragon, I don't know if I would have liked Red Dragon as much as I did if I didn't, wasn't already kind of like, oh, give me the origin story to Hannibal Lecter. Like, Mm -hmm. where did it all begin? And I wonder if Still Life is like her Red Dragon, where it's like, it's more interesting if you start in the middle and then you're like, oh, how did Gamash get to Three Pines? That's a good And so it's yeah. le- the, the quality point. of the mystery or the writing is less important than how your hero meets the main cast of characters. Yeah, I see a seed of something that could be really cool mm-hmm. because it is so different from cozy mysteries that we've read in the past and she just has a different way of approaching it. Yeah. So I would love to read another one and I, I genuinely hope that readers reach out, send us an Instagram message or tag us on Twitter and let us know. Um, it's just so interesting too because this book was not available at the library. So a lot of people are yeah, checking, <laughs> checking this one out. Um, I would just love to know what's, I guess, a fan favorite. We want to know what, what the big deal is. Give us the book that's yeah. going to best represent what the series is and how it feels because I want to give it another try. But I felt like this, uh, this book in particular to me, and I said this to Jillian earlier, it was like, I, I'm totally like, I, I want to read a more complexly written mm-hmm. and nuanced cozy mystery. Yeah. And I think there's clearly an audience for that. Mm-hmm. And so I was excited. I was like, this is, this is a really well-written book at first before I got confused. And then, so there's room for that, and I want to experience that. But to me, it's the difference between, like, it's the difference between a well-written cozy mystery, which you know what you're getting. A lot of cozy authors, they might not write with some of the complexity that Louise Penny writes with, but it's well-constructed, and they know what they're making. Agreed. And you get what you went in wanting. Mm-hmm. It's like watching a really well-done Hallmark movie. It's like I'm getting that pure entertainment and joy. And I know what I'm reading, and I'm not saying it's like amazing literature or anything, but I like it. And it's successful mm-hmm. at what it sets out to do. And I felt like this novel, to me, was not successful at what it set out to do. It was, to me, like a, an indie movie that you walk out of and you're like, what was that trying to accomplish? Because I'm not like, like... It was like, there's yeah. a lot of raw talent there, and there's a lot of potential, yeah. but it was a mess. And I kind of want... I, I'm looking forward to the well-crafted version of that. Same. So anyway, not yeah. to, not to no, we were, go I mean, too long we were about it. We were both so excited to check it out. I was, I was really looking forward to it. Um, and not to say that I was disappointed, but it just wasn't what, what I was expecting. Yeah. I mean, because I set the bar so high in my mind. But like you said, let's hope that the readers reach out. Readers, yeah, so we'll, our readers, I mean, our listeners. We'll, we'll, give it, we'll give another, we'll give Gamash another chance. Good old Gamash. <laughs> Let us know which book we should really... What do you recommend we should read yeah. next? We might not get to it next, but eventually we'll, yeah, we'll come back to the, the series down the road. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts about Chief Inspector Gamache <laughs> of the... Yeah. I, I spent so long trying to figure out how to pronounce Suerte du Quebec. <laughs> I mean, I think my favorite part, like I said, was... I, I don't know why I like the name of the town so much. I just... Is a good name of the town. It's a good name, and also three like pines. three pines. Can you, you can already see the coffee cup logo. It's just, yeah, it's very very mysterious. Yeah, and like it. Like it too. All right, celebrities that calm us. 
Jillian, which celebrity is calming you this week? Casey Rose Wilson. Casey Rose Wilson. I don't think I've ever. Yeah, I don't think Casey I've Wilson. Up. Yeah, Casey the Wilson. Comedian. Yeah, the comedian. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know why. I just like. You put the middle name in there and you threw me <laughs> off. I'm like, I know Casey We're Wilson. We're on a very uh, formal basis, I guess. Um, I just love her. I listen to their podcast every week. Um, she has a podcast with Daniel Schneider. She's married to this comedian who dated Amy Poehler at one point. Um, God, I forgot what his name You would know him if you saw him. Oh, Matt. I think his name is Matt. I think his name is Matt. Something like I, Matt. I'm drawing a blank. Anyways. So uh, they had this popular podcast called Bitta. Sorry, can I that word? Um, B-Sesh. The B-Sesh. It's about, it's a real Housewives podcast and um, it's, it's, they're serious fans, but they're also making fun of it too. And it's just really enjoyable. Yeah. And didn't she, didn't she start a show called the real, the, the hot wives of Atlanta? Yeah. The hot wives of Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. Right. It was so, oh, so funny. Her and Daniel, uh, made that show and they did another one, uh, took place in Las Vegas, I believe. Mm-hmm. Hot wives of Vegas or something. Um, yeah, she seems to be all about about housewives and and parodying it. Yeah, and I love her Instagram. It's always cute photos of her kids or um, just. She was the best thing in Gone Girl. Yeah, she just is a great. Actress. She's really funny. She's, I, she's, she's, so she's, funny. she's she's great, and she's very self deprecating, but and also just straightforward. And she doesn't put on any ears, and I like that about her as well. Um, and you can always expect good work from her. And I, I guess I really like celebrities that don't throw me any curveballs. I say it like every time, but she throws me no curveballs. I know that I'm going to laugh. She's, you could see, like, you could imagine her being your friend. Like, she just seems like a casual celebrity, but also is really talented. She's incredibly talented. Yeah. And she's, I, I really like her sense of humor. I like her too. She was, she was, I feel like she left SNL really left i'm putting that in quotes i think i think she was let go from snl pretty early Mm -hmm. when she started on that show but it's their loss because she is awesome so what's that show um she her husband created it's about friends in chicago i always easy easy no i don't think so i always forget the name of that show but it it's become almost like a cult favorite is that netflix no um it uh, it was it's on when we were living in Baltimore, and they canceled it. Like, after, after not shameless. Years. Shameless is still on the air. Yeah, no, it, it it's about um, God, who else is it? Who else is in that show? <laughs> I, I I have I no know. memory. I, I'm I'm really terrified. I feel like <laughs> I, I barely remember anything these days. I can't remember. Jillian is still Allison right before my eyes. <laughs> Oh, geez. But I, someone please let me know what the name is. I'll have to look it up later, but it's a great show. And she was amazing on that. I think that kind of gave her more of a platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Casey Wilson, that's a solid choice. Yeah. Love her. My celebrity this week, it's kind of a cop out. I've been playing a lot of Super Mario Odyssey on my new Switch. Mm-hmm. And so my celebrity that calms me th- this week is Mario. And I always the call video Mario. Game. Mario, that's right, the <laughs> video game character. I first that's of all, cute. I really like the Switch because you can actually—it's like a handheld. It's like a Game Boy and a Nintendo console mm-hmm. all in one. You can just take it out of the dock and like take it anywhere in the world with you and play your console game anywhere. That's awesome. Also, you can sit in front of your TV and play it. And Mario Odyssey is—it's like 
I really loved playing um, Super Mario 64 back in the Nintendo 64 mm-hmm. days. And it really is just like that game, but better. And uh, yeah. it's, it's hitting all of my nostalgia buttons. Yeah, so, I mean, you were just playing it before we recorded. That's right. Yeah, I try. I tr- I gave Jillian the <laughs> controllers, and she promptly like she was she was desperate to not have them in her hands well, anymore. Well, I just like <laughs> I don't know. I, I for me, I I guess I need just more stimul stimulation in the sense for oh, it's a racing game or something like that. So I, it's too boring for Jillian. Oh no, I get fed up when I don't know what my my point is, and I yeah. So I didn't know what I was supposed to be. I doing. like that. Well, the the whole thing about the Mario levels in in this game, and in the most of like the three D Mario games, is you are open to exploring the mm-hmm. land around you, and you kind of find puzzles. Yeah, that's but yeah. I think that, I think if you started playing from the beginning, you'd like it. Yeah, I'll give I'll give it another go. But it was just I just enjoy watching you play it because you just seem to be in your element. You seem so genuinely happy. I. It's just such a nice... What did I look like? Was I, like, was I smiling, like, <laughs> no. broadly, like, while I was no. playing it? No, you just seemed like... It is such a nice scene, seeing you thoroughly enjoying an activity. Not that you, not that you don't enjoy activities in general, but you just... It just seemed like you are really having a good time. Okay. <laughs> yes, I enjoy playing video games. I like to watch other people have a good time. Okay. <laughs> All right, Jillian. <laughs> Jillian's a voyeur in yes. that way. I guess I am. Um, I'm a gamash. <laughs> You're a gamash. That's right. Just observing. Um, which brings us to the candle review. What do we think of this candle? Um, well, full disclosure, I bought it from Lassen's at grocery store. Um, it's there are little votives that have different themes. So maybe it's romance, it's money. This one's ambiance. It's a little mm-hmm. yellow, yellow thing, so it's supposed to create a vibe of ambiance. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, and it's fine, you know. It's I just like that it has. It's just easy to pick up at the grocery store, and it's supposed to have some spiritual essence to it. Um, and it's a bright little smell, I suppose. Yeah, and, it's um, clean. It's like a lemony. Yeah, and we were talking about earlier in our last recording that we don't necessarily like citrusy or clean scents. I love those. I love dirty scents. Much <laughs> better. Yeah. Um. So it's. I. I guess I'll give it a half wick because it's not deserving of a full wick but it's not a no wicker yeah i'll give it a half a wick too so so one flick one one flick wick wick flick okay okay <laughs> it's um yeah one flick. it's inoffensive but not yeah, very special it's just some well maybe it'll create a vibe of ambiance yeah there you go our, our my spirit does feel cleansed. yeah i'm just more for the spirit of it yeah all right um wait who made that again the candle um i don't know who specifically but it was at lassen's <laughs> The Lassen's Probably candle. some okay. Echo Park person and the Intuition House. God knows. Well, it's not that special, so don't worry about getting it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, Jillian, where can people find us? Uh, all Things Cozy podcast on Instagram as well as Facebook. Please like us on Facebook. I know it's not a forum for everyone, the preferred forum, but we're we're needing some love there. Yeah. Um, thank you for everyone who contributes to the um, the podcast group. I've been a little bit. Um, not as active in there and i'm uh, this new year is my goal to really foster that Same. into it was a an, bustling it was one community of my resolutions. yeah so i hope to and everyone's so wonderful in that group i love everyone in there i feel like they're almost i consider them my friends absolutely well friends give us a review on itunes um yeah. find us on instagram facebook and as always and send us free stuff send us free stuff and stay cozy okay bye-bye